0: Lord God, you are truly great in your goodness and your power and your love. Lord, we pray that you would show your greatness during this time now as we read from your word, as we study lamentations. Would you speak to us? Would you inspire us? Would you challenge us by the power of your Holy Spirit? Come now, Holy Spirit, and move in our hearts for the glory of of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we finish our sermon series in the book of Lamentations. We're going to read chapter 5 together. And Lamentations chapter 5 ends with a prayer for us right now a prayer, I think every single one of us should be praying. Praying for ourselves, praying for our nation, and praying for the whole world. It's a, For me, it's a really relevant prayer for right now in our lives. And in that prayer at the end of chapter five, there's hope. Hope for an end to the pandemic. Hope for a restoration of the church. And hope for a revival, a move of God spiritually and powerfully where hundreds, thousands, millions of people might turn and believe in Jesus Christ and enter into a loving and joyful and restored relationship with God. That's a good prayer, isn't it? A prayer of hope for restoration, for revival and for an end to the pandemic. So let's read Lamentations 5 together. We're going to read Lamentations 5, verses 1 to 22. A warning, the prayer of hope comes at the end of this passage, and before that prayer of hope, there's a prayer of lament. And so there's lots of lament to get to before we get to the hope of restoration at the end of this chapter. So let's read Lamentations chapter 5, verses 1 to 22. This is the word of the Lord. Remember, O Lord, what has befallen us. Look and see our disgrace. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our homes to foreigners. We have become orphans, fatherless. Our mothers are like widows. We must pay for the water we drink. The wood we get must be bought. Our pursuers are at our necks. We are weary. We are given no rest. We have given the hand to Egypt and to Assyria to get bread enough. Our fathers sinned and are no more, and we bear their iniquities. Slaves rule over us. There is none to deliver us from their hand. We get our bread at the peril of our lives because of the sword in the wilderness. Our skin is hot as an oven with the burning heat of famine women are raped in zion young women in the towns of judah princes are hung up by their hands no respect is shown to the elders young men are compelled to grind at the mill the boys stagger under loads of wood the old men have left the city gate the young men their music the joy of our hearts has ceased our dancing has been turned to mourning the crown has fallen from our head woe to us For we have sinned. For this our hearts become sick. For these things our eyes have grown dim. For Mount Zion, which lies desolate, jackals prowl over it. But you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures to all generations. Why do you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us for so many days? Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us, and you remain exceedingly angry with us. Lamentations chapter 5 is a prayer with three parts in it. The first part is a remember, look and see prayer. It begins in, in verse 1, but this remember, look and see prayer stretches all the way to verse 18 as the writer lists all the, all the disgraces, all, all the suffering that God will see if he looks upon the city of Jerusalem. So that's part 1, a remember, look and see prayer. Part 2 of this prayer is a declaration of God's eternal sovereignty in verse 19. And part three of this prayer is a prayer of hope and a prayer for restoration in verse 21. And so those are my th- the three parts of my sermon this morning. This is a prayer that we're going to learn from together with three parts. A remember, look and see prayer, a prayer, a declaration of the, of the eternal sovereignty of God in part two. And then thirdly, a prayer for restoration in part three. People of God. Christ Church there and brothers and sisters, this is a moment to confess that we have neglected prayer. We have not prayed as we should, even during this time of a, a global pandemic happening in the world, at where some of us, at least, have gained extra time at home. Even now, when surely Christians should be going to their knees and coming to God in prayer, we have not prayed as we should. We have neglected giving ourselves to God in prayer, calling upon his name to move mightily in our land. This is a moment to confess our prayerlessness and then to learn from Lamentations chapter 5 and come to God in prayer. Lamentations 5 gives us a model of how we can and how we should be praying right now for Fairham, for Hampshire, and for the United Kingdom, and for the whole world. If we want to see restoration, if we want to see revival in our day, we need to be expressing that in prayer. And so I hope that this sermon will call us into a more prayerful life, individually, but also as a church. And so I want to remind you that this week there are three opportunities to pray together. At 11:15 this morning on Sunday, we've got a prayer meeting on Zoom. I'd love to see you there as we pray together as the church. And then on Tuesday evening and Thursday evening from 7:30 to 8:30, there are opportunities to gather and pray as the church, to call on the name of the Lord, to ask for restoration, to ask for revival, to come The United Kingdom, and so I'd love to see you there at those prayer meetings at one or all three of those times of prayer. Let's join together, let's prioritize prayer, let's seek God together. But my hope for this morning is that we would learn from Lamentations chapter 5, we would see this model for prayer and apply it to our own prayer lives. And so, the first thing I want us to see is that when we pray, we should pray prayers of asking God to remember, look, and see the things going on in the world. This is is what the writer does in verses 1 to 18. Have a look at verse 1. This chapter begins, remember, O Lord, what has befallen us. Look and see our disgrace. Remember, Lord, look, Lord, see, Lord, writes the writer of Lamentations. And then he lists All the calamities and all the sufferings that the city of Jerusalem is going through right now. In verse 2, he says, foreigners, strangers have invaded our land and taken the land which was our inheritance. In verse 3, he says, people of Jerusalem have lost loved ones and become orphans and widows due to what has happened in this city. In verse 4, as vassals of Babylon, they're having to pay for everything, even water they're having to buy from their enemies, the empire of Babylon. In verse 5, they say we're tired, we're weary, we have no rest. In verse 6, they're having to buy bread, not only they're having to buy water from Babylon, they're having to go to Egypt and Assyria for their bread. In verse 7, They're suffering for the sins of previous generations. In verse 8, the rulers in Jerusalem, the rulers in Judah, are not compassionate and good kings, but they're slaves to the Babylonians. They can't rule in the way they want to. They have to do everything their Babylonian masters tell them to do. And then skipping through the verses a bit faster, in verse 11, we're told that there's rape happening in the city and in the towns of Judah. Women are being raped verse 11 in verse 15 dancing has turned to mourning verse 18 mount zion lies desolate remember lord praise the writer of lamentations look lord see lord the suffering the dreadful and despicable things that are happening in the city of jerusalem in verse 20 The writer continues in this vein, saying, why do you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us for so many days? It's worth saying the writer of Lamentations, probably the prophet Jeremiah, doesn't think that God has a bad memory. He knows that God knows all things. He knows that God knows about the things he's sharing with him. But what the writer of Lamentations is doing is, in a heartfelt way, expressing how he feels. Lord, it feels like you've forgotten us. And so I'm crying out to you to remember us. Lord, it feels like you're not looking upon us and seeing what's going on. And so I'm saying, look, Lord, see, Lord, all the things that are going on. It's okay to pray like this. In fact, I would say at a time like now, it's right and appropriate that we should pray, just like this writer prays in Lamentations chapter 5, that we should call God's attention to the things that are going wrong here on earth. Right now, we should be praying prayers like this. Remember, Lord, it's been 12 months of COVID here in the uk look lord and see your people are struggling your people are suffering see lord the people in this nation have suffered great loss are you praying prayers like this remember lord see lord look lord at what is happening right now but we shouldn't just be praying prayers concerning covid we should also be praying prayers concerning the spiritual plight of the United Kingdom. Remember, Lord, the history of this nation, where the vast majority of people would attend church on a Sunday and go and sing your praises and offer up prayer and give you the glory and the worship you are worthy of. Remember, Lord, the great revivals of the past, moments when great preachers like George Whitfield and Wesley would preach and the spirit would move and people would turn and believe in Christ. Look, Lord, see. There are old churches on Fairham High Street that used to be church, church buildings where people would gather to worship. But now our restaurants, are bars, where people gather to get drunk on a Friday and Saturday evening. Look and see what's happened to this town. Lord, would you look and see that there are people perishing in their sin. They are unaware of the salvation in Jesus Christ. Lord, see the churches there are churches in this town, in this country, where the average age of the members is well above 60. Lord, where are the young generation? Where are the young people? We should be calling out to God, calling his attention to the spiritual plight of our country, as more and more people forget God, forget Christ, and fail to believe in him as Lord and Saviour. But it's not just Covid and it's not just the spiritual plight of this nation we should be praying for, but also the injustice in the world. Remember the poor, Lord. Look, Lord, there's racism in our world. There's there's systematic racism across countries all over the world. Lord, see the abuse, see the shame, see the hatred that many suffer under as they are trodden down by men and women in sin. COVID, the spiritual plight of the United Kingdom and the injustice in this world should be bringing us to our knees in prayer and we should be calling out to God. Christians, in your prayers, call God's attention to the things that are wrong in this world. It's not disrespectful to pray like this. In fact, it's worshipful because as you call God's attention to the things that you see that are wrong in the world, what you're doing is expressing to God that you know that he is the one who can do something about it. You're expressing your dependence upon his power and his authority to change these circumstances. And so to pray, remember, look, see prayers is a respectful, worshipful way of praying. Let's do that together. Let's do that as the church when we gather to pray. And let's do that as individual Christians. Remember, Lord. Look, Lord. See, Lord. Let's pray prayers like that. Secondly, in your prayers, remember and declare God's eternal sovereignty. Verse 19 really stands out for me as I read this chapter of Scripture. Verse 19, 519 says, but you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures to all generations. There's been a long list of laments, a long list of the sufferings of the city of Jerusalem. And then a deliberate and obvious change in tone. Verse 19 begins with the word, but. I used to have a pastor who used to chuckle to himself and say, I love the big butts of the Bible, the moment where the tone changes. And this certainly is a big but, a dramatic change, a, a series of complaints, a series of laments. And suddenly the writer calls to mind something wonderful. The, the writer remembers. The writer declares, the Lord still reigns forever. His throne endures to all generations. Despite what I'm seeing, despite what we're going through, God is still upon the throne. And do you know what that means? His throne endures to all generations. Do you know what that means? That means God still reigns today. God has not been overthrown. God has not stepped down from his kingly duty. He still reigns. He still is seated upon the throne. Even during these times, we can say, I know God reigns. We can declare the eternal sovereignty of our God. And so as you pray, remember prayers. As you pray, look prayers. As you pray, see prayers also say, God, you reign. You're the king forever. It's another worshipful way of saying, God, I know you can do something about what's going on in the world. You're the king. You reign. Your throne endures for all generations. You can do something about this situation that I'm praying into. I tell you what, the Christian who has compassion to see the hurt and the pain and the struggle that's going on in the world. The Christian who is compassionate to see injustice in the world, but the Christian who is also theologically grounded, who has a right understanding of God's sovereignty, his eternal kingship, his eternal kingdom. The Christian who is compassionate and theologically understands God's sovereignty will pray Big prayers. If you're a compassionate Christian and you're seeing the hurt and pain in the world, surely you're being driven to your knees to pray for those things. But if you're also a theologically astute Christian and you know that God reigns, you're saying, I can pray huge prayers. I can, I can call on God to move in his power, to enter into this situation which requires compassion. The Christian who is compassionate and theologically understands God's sovereignty will pray huge prayers, big prayers. And that's exactly what this writer does in verse 21, which brings us. To my third and final point today, pray to God for restoration. Look at verse 21. The writer prays, Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days of old. Notice the first part of this prayer, where the writer says, Restore us to yourself, O Lord. The most pressing need for the people of Jerusalem right now isn't rest, isn't more bread. It isn't that the Babylonian empire would be overthrown. And our most pressing need right now isn't a fully effective vaccine. It isn't a new government. It isn't that we would go back into the EU. It isn't that we'd have more money individually or that we'd have more money collectively and that our economy would be boosted. No, our most pressing need is restoration to God. That our relationship with God would be restored. That individually we would personally know God and he would know us and we would know his love. We would have a personal relationship with God. And collectively, as the church and as a nation, we would be restored into unity with God. That's what this writer of Lamentations prays. He recognises that that is their primary need. Restoration into relationship with God. You see, the writer of Lamentations has already admitted that it is him and his people who have broken the relationship. In verse 16, he says, woe to us, for we have sinned. He's saying that the calamities that have come upon us have come upon us because we messed up. We broke the relationship with God. But now, in verse 21, he says, we need you, Lord, to restore this relationship. The relationship that we broke, would you restore it? It's exactly the same when an individual becomes a Christian. The individual confesses and says, I have sinned. I have disobeyed God. I have rebelled against God. I have neglected him. I have not prayed. I have not worshipped. I have not spoken to God. I have not acknowledged him in my life. I've broken the relationship. But now, Lord, I come to you and I pray, would you restore this relationship? I've heard that you are a merciful God. I've heard that you are a loving God. And so although I've broken the relationship, Lord, would you restore it? If you recognize that fault in yourself today, if you recognise that you have broken your relationship with God, if you recognise that you don't have a relationship with God, why not pray now? Lord, restore our relationship. Renew our relationship. Bring me back into relationship with you, the living God, the creator God, the loving God of the Bible. Pray it now in your hearts. Because in Jesus Christ, This prayer in Lamentations chapter 5 was answered so that a way was made so that every person who believes in Christ can be restored into relationship with the living God. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came to earth to restore us into relationship with God. God the Son, Jesus Christ, came to earth. He took on human flesh. So that we can say of Jesus, he was and is fully God, and he was and is fully human. He took on flesh. He lived a perfect life, a righteous life. And yet he died a sinner's death. He died a sinner's death in our place. As a substitute for us, taking upon himself our sin. So that whoever cries to God for mercy, whoever has faith in Jesus Christ the Saviour, might have their sins forgiven and enter into a restored, loving relationship with God. That was Jesus' mission. That was Jesus' purpose, to restore us into relationship with God. This is the gospel. This is the good news of the Bible. This is the good news that we want to shout from the rooftops that everyone in Fairham and Gosport and Hedge End and Wickham and Joxford and Soberton and Stubbington and all this region would know. In fact, all the nation would know and all the world would know Not that we restore ourselves, but that God restores us through Jesus Christ to himself. That is wonderful, wonderful news. And so I urge you to pray now for this glorious restoration. Pray it individually. Lord, restore me into perfect relationship once more with you. And pray not just for yourself, but pray for our nation, pray for the United Kingdom, pray for Hampshire, pray for the place you live, that God would bring revival, that God would bring people back into relationship with himself, that that God would restore your neighbours into relationship with himself. We need for the hundreds and thousands and millions of people in this land who do not know God, we need them to be restored to him. And if you are one of those people, you need to be restored back into relationship with God. It's the most wonderful thing that a sinner, one who has rebelled against God, can by the blood of Jesus Christ be washed clean and declared a son and daughter of the God of this universe. Cry out for yourself, but cry out for this land that God would bring revival and that many people would be restored into relationship with God. What a prayer. Restore us to ourself, O Lord. Let's look now at the flow of the prayer in verse 21. Restore us to yourself, Lord, that we may be restored. In other words, the economic, social, and legal restoration of Jerusalem flows from a restored relationship with God. If the relationship with God is broken, The economy is broken, the society is broken, the legal system is broken as well. It's only with restoration into relationship with God that these other things will be restored as well. The same is true for Ferrum and the United Kingdom. Even when COVID is under control and we can live life like we did in 2019, this nation will not be fully restored. There will still be injustice. In this nation, there will still be poverty. There will still be suffering in this nation. In fact, it's likely that the injustices and the suffering and the poverty will be worse than in 2019. True restoration only comes from a right relationship with God. Only when we all know the glorious love of God in Christ will poverty, injustice, and suffering. And so the flow of this verse teaches us something about the church's priorities as well. The church must fight injustice. We need to do better as a church in terms of social action. I've been encouraged by individuals stepping up and and supporting charities and raising money and helping those who are in need. That's fantastic. We want to encourage individuals to keep doing that. And we're going to introduce more organisation as a church so that we can do that together, fight injustice and do social action better together. But our number one priority as a church must always be To proclaim Christ in order that people's relationship with God be restored. That's got to be the number one priority for our church and the universal church around the world. Restored relationship with God is the number one priority, the most important thing. And so that's where the church should pour its energy first and foremost. Yes, we need to fight injustice. We need to do social action. But our number one priority is bringing people back into a restored relationship with God through the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's who we want to be as a church. We want to love the poor and needy, but ultimately we want to proclaim Jesus so that people would know God and they would enjoy his love and relationship with him for eternity. And so this morning we have been called to pray. Let's confess our prayerlessness and come back to God in prayer and let's use Lamentations 5 as a model. Let's call attention. Let's call God's attention to the things that are not right in the world, praying, God, remember, God, look, God, see all that is wrong in the world. Let's remember and declare God's eternal sovereignty as we pray. Lord, your throne endures to all generations. And let us also pray for restoration and pray for revival. Lord, move Lord, restore hundreds, thousands, millions back into right relationship with you so that we may also be restored in our nation, in our societies, in the places in which we live. And so let us pray like that now. Let's pray together. Lord, we pray first for the COVID situation in our country. Lord, we say, Remember that it's been 12 months of COVID. Lord, look and see the pain and sorrow in our nation as people grieve the loss of loved ones and the pain that this pandemic has caused churches cannot meet lord god look and see the state of the church right now and we pray that in your sovereignty you would act you would move you would bring an end to this pandemic you you would stop the limitations on our lifestyles but it would be safe to do so you would restore the nhs and remove the pressure upon the nhs lord god act mightily we pray for we know you are able you are the king who reigns forever Lord, we pray for injustice and poverty in our world. Lord, remember the poor. Look and see those who are downtrodden. Lord, in your kingly reign, would you move, would you act, would you rescue out of the hand of the oppressor all those who are suffering now, Lord God? Would you remove injustice? Would you raise justice up in our land? Would you you, um, remove poverty? Lord, would you raise up generous givers and those who love the poor and needy across this nation, Heavenly Father. And finally, we pray for the spiritual state of the United Kingdom right now, Lord God. Remember, Heavenly Father, the days of old when many would gather to sing your praises. And now look at the state of the church today, Heavenly Father. Lord, it is is truly a remnant. It's truly a small percentage of this nation who recognize Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Churches are old in age and struggling and dying. Lord, we cry out to you. You are the King forever. Would you move mightily as you did in days of old. We pray for revival in the United Kingdom. We pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit, that you would Grab the hearts of the people that they would see that they are sinners. They would confess their sin and they would believe on Jesus Christ for salvation. Lord, we pray for Firstly, tens in Pharaoh, then hundreds, then thousands, Lord God. And now we pray for the nations. We pray for hundreds, thousands, millions of people in the United Kingdom to turn and believe in Christ. Lord, we pray this not for our sake, but for your sake, for your glory, for your honour, for your praise and for your worship. Lord, we, we long to see many people believe in Jesus Christ. Lord, we love the gospel. We love salvation and we love being in restored relationship with you. We pray that many thousands, millions of people would come to know restored relationship with you now in this time, in this day. Bring restoration, bring revival, we pray. Please, Lord, we plead with you to move mightily once again in this land. We pray this in Jesus' name and for your glory.